Sassy Specula. Sassy Specula. Sassy Specula. You're listening to the Sassy Speculum. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Sassy Speculum. I'm your host, Adrian, and today's a very special episode with a very special guest who I will introduce shortly. But first, let's catch up. Here in Oregon, we've finally been getting some spring weather that actually feels a little bit more like summer. It's as if we skipped spring entirely and just went went straight from winter to summer. But I'm a lizard, so I love it. Absolutely any time that there is sun outside, I am out there as well, absorbing every ounce of it that I can. So that little bit of sunshine has been wonderful, and I hope that wherever you are has been wonderful weather as well, whatever that might mean for you. And if you're in Oregon, you're probably just as excited about the sun as I am, but by the middle of the week, I'm sure you will be complaining once again that it's too hot because no Oregonian is ever happy with the weather for more than a week. It's in our DNA. I am so excited I'm going to Mexico at the end of the week, so I will get to enjoy the sun for a little bit longer, which I'm very excited about. Um, A few other things. Sassy Speculum's one-year anniversary is coming up next month. I haven't quite decided what I'm going to do yet, but if you have any ideas, shoot them my way. Maybe a party? I don't know. Let me know what you think. Um, My life is absolutely insane the next month with traveling to Mexico, and then I'm also going down to L.A., like two weeks later, not even, I think like a week later. Um, And then I'm graduating in six weeks. um, So absolutely crazy, but I would still love to plan something to celebrate one year of hanging out with you all. Anyways, um, as always, please reach out to me with ideas, questions, comments, criticisms, new topics, or just to say hi. I'm always reachable at my email, sassyspeculum at gmail.com or on Instagram at sassyspeculum. I also recently changed my web address to be easier to find, so you can now reach me on my website, www.sassyspeculum.com, where you can send me an anonymous message or, and this is very new, you can sign up for my waitlist for when I will start seeing patients in the fall. As always, Sassy Speculum is about helping you to learn more about your body so that you feel prepared to advocate for yourself in the medical system because so frequently, and we talk about this in the episode today, us as women, we're not listened to within the medical system. And as your doctor, I obviously want you to be able to advocate for yourself, but I'm also a very strong advocate for my patients and I can help you to navigate this crazy world that we live in. I believe in teaching you about your body while we're working together. So if you like my approach with Sassy Speculum, you'll like my approach as your doctor as well. I like to give my patients options when it comes to treatment plans and will always explain how an herb, for example, will differ from a pharmaceutical and you can decide which works best for you and your lifestyle. So if you're interested in becoming a patient, head over to sassyspeculum.com and scroll down to the waitlist and then you can put your information in to be contacted in a few months once I start getting ready to practice. I'll be practicing in Oregon but um, can see patients outside of Oregon via telehealth as well. Anywho's, let's get to this episode. Today I have the CEO and co-founder of Momotaro Apotheca, Lindsay, here to talk with us. Momotaro Apotheca is also sponsoring this episode. They are an organic and cruelty-free vulvovaginal care line that supports the body's natural ability to heal. For example, instead of giving you antibiotics or antifungals that just destroy your body's natural flora, Momotaro products can help to rebalance out the flora and therefore actually get the root cause of whatever is causing your symptoms. They use a plant-based and homeopathic approach 
that is gentle, sustainable, research-based, and effective at addressing the symptoms of very, very common vulvovaginal issues like yeast infections, bacterial vaginosis, lichen sclerosis, UTIs, vaginal dryness, pre- and postpartum care, after-sex care, and also just daily care products. They use education, connection, and a science-backed approach to open the conversation surrounding our vulvas and sexual and reproductive health in order to actually address the root of the problem instead of just slapping a Band-Aid over your symptoms. I will mention this again at the end of the episode, but if you like what you're hearing, Lindsay is giving all Sassy Speculum listeners 20% off their Momotaro Apotheca purchase with code SASSYSPECULUM, all caps, all one word. You can find their store at www.momotaroapotheca.com. And without further ado, let's get started. So you are the co-founder and CEO of Momotaro. Tell me your story and how you created Momotaro. Yeah. Hi, Adrian. Thank you for having me. Um, so tr- little, maybe not light trigger warning, but spicy warning. Um, Momotaro Apotheca was created um, out of necessity. I started this company six years ago after having sex in a hot spring. Uh, sounds hot. <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds hot. It's not. Um, full disclosure, I was like 27. And, you know, this even speaks to the taboo nature of like having discussions around sexual and vaginal health, because I definitely knew that wasn't a great idea, but I was too embarrassed to even admit that to my partner at the time. And I wanted to be cool and do the thing. And um, of course, um, lots of bacteria in a hot spring. I ended up with um, a yeast infection from Satan himself. (laughs) And it was terrible. And I didn't have a ton of resources. I went straight to, you know, what people think of as the femcare aisle, grabbed a monostat, uh, used that, ended up being allergic to that. Uh, and oh, that no. really, yeah, started this, my personal journey with uh, recurrent infections, not finding relief with the traditional methods that we think of, your azoles, your antifungals, your antibacterials. And, um, you know, it turned into more than just a yeast infection. A yeast infection turned into BV, which turned into a UTI, which turned into a kidney infection, and then back to a uh, another yeast infection. And, um, you know, this is actually is pretty common. Um, a lot of a lot of people experience these recurrent issues. So that was the basis. And eventually, you know, after six months of not finding a ton of relief, myself and my partner set out to create a solution that did work. So if you, again, if you can Google it, I have done it. Um, Also don't recommend, you know, things like putting garlic up your vagina or, you know, all of these kind of woo woo methodologies, um, you know, that just weren't super user friendly or, you know, they were embarrassing. Again, there's a lot of taboo wrapped up into this space, but there were some things that worked and I was seeing a lot of success with organic um, plant-based remedies. And so we looked to aim to create solutions that were holistic around some of the success that I was having. Awesome. I um, I also did pretty much the same thing, but in a hot tub. <laughs> yeah. No. And it started that cycle um, <laughs> that I think all women are, or most women are way too familiar with. Um, so it is, it's, super common and it sucks. And there's just not enough education out there for women. Like I also, I was like, I feel like I was told that this was wrong, but like, 
nothing can happen. I'm what I think I was like 24, 25. Like yeah. I'm invincible. Totally. Yeah. Not so much invincible. How did you come up with the name? No, how did we come up with the name Momotaro Apothic? So this plays into the whole culture of it, right? When I was going to the femcare aisle and finding, you know, these products, they were named things that I thought were pretty offensive. I mean, not only did I not identify with the words like the femcare aisle, I definitely didn't identify with things like happy hoo-ha and like things that named my vagina or my vulva other things than they were not, right? Like it doesn't need to be my special place. It doesn't need to be a clam. It doesn't need to be a, you know, whatever, whatever it is, there's a million and one names. And so um, and this is kind of nerdy. We were reading a lot of Murakami at the time, and I had spent some some time in Asia. Um, my grandmother is from Hong Kong, and we were looking at words that were meaningful to us and wanted to create a you know a sling a slew of kind of like non non meaningful words that had some meaning to us. And so we placed a few different words, Momotaro, Apotheca, together um, that had personal personal meaning but that like when you went somewhere you didn't immediately think like oh my vagina is on fire and this is what I have to buy because like yeah you go down the femcare aisle and it's embarrassing I don't want to put something in my basket that says like flaming vagina it's itchy it's scratchy like (laughs) you know nobody does so that's where it came from and um, you know, it's funny now I'm like, that's a really big mouthful of words six years ago. I don't think I thought this company would be where it's at. The people are like, how do you say your company? Cause I feel like I always remember being a kid, like, why don't people name their companies more straightforward so that people don't mess up the names. And here I am with like this big word <laughs> company, but I love it. And it has personal meaning to me. So yeah. Awesome. Does it mean something? Peach and taro means boy. Taro is also a root vegetable, but since there's actually a Japanese story that is totally unaffiliated with it, but it can translate to a few different things. Most commonly people would translate it to peach boy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, How do you come up with your formulas? Do you have like an herbalist on staff or how do you come up with all the natural formulas? Yeah, so we've been working, I mean, like I said, Momotar is about six years old. And so uh, we started our first formulations out of, you know, our own research. Um, Like I said, we we were creating products to find a solution for myself. And I'd had some good experience with ingredients like tea tree and golden seal Um, they have an active constituent called berberine that's very um, effective against yeast um, and bacterial infections and so we were looking at other research and our original my my business partner uh, is his background is in bioscience and sustainability so he had a really good grip on what exactly you know could be beneficial beyond the ingredients that we already saw were being clinically clinically trialed in western spaces so you know, other things like calendula and echinacea and, you know, marshmallow root and just these really incredible things that weren't being included in these products originally that we thought would be additive. After we came up with our original ingredient decks, we then brought them to naturopaths, gynecologists, pharmacologists, uh, dermatologists, so on and so forth. And now we have a various group of, again, OB-GYNs, pharmacologists, naturopaths that work with us on our current formulations, um, as well as continue to innovate. So 
as a company, we are always doing R&D. We're always working on new products and always looking at new science. Um, I think this space in general has suffered from not having much innovation in the last 30 years. And with that, we've seen statistics rise on you know, our fluconazole doses, how, how many we're giving out at even a time. And then, of course, alongside that, we're seeing an increase in, you know, bacterial resistant strains, you know, for other, you know, UTIs, BV, things like that. So, so we really play into those spaces where we're seeing that there is an ability for room for improvement, you know, to create and to continue to push um, these boundaries and basically the lack of care that we have. Why do you think that is? Why do you think there is that lack of care? Well, I mean, frankly, it, it, it is just from time, right? The, the vagina and the vulva historically has, is substantially less studied. You know, women didn't even have to be included in clinical trials until like the 90s legally. We just have way less information. So from like a systemic perspective, that's like pretty clear and obvious, obvious not to mention vaginal and vulva care in general is just taboo, right? Like nobody, I mean, nobody, maybe aside from me and my company now, and some people I do think <laughs> changing, uh, there hasn't been a lot of room for conversation around this, you know, brands that existed under the like Johnson and Johnson umbrella were things that were like Vagisil and these like heavy capital F femcare products that actually did more harm than mm -hmm. they did good. And so there's this back and forth of like, well, one, what is, what is femcare, right? Like, what does that even encompass? And is that even good for us? Right. And so there's a, some misinformation there. And then like, what is vulvovaginal health? Like we address very real health conditions, urinary tract infections, bacterial vaginosis, yeast infections, but there's a misnomer there in that like, the femcare aisle also makes things for like trying to make your vagina smell a certain way. And those are not good for it. So I think it's going to require a lot of people to understand what it is we are really trying to do here and we're trying to address and um, why we are so specific in the way we address it and hopefully um, change, yeah, change the way people think and talk about and then in turn treat their bodies. And so, yeah, beyond the products we make, it's also important to like focus on the cultural shifts as well. Absolutely. Also, that's my goal with the Sassy Speculum is to get people actually talking about women's health and understanding their own body so that they can advocate for themselves in medical offices and tell their doctors like, actually, no, that is like, it is called a vulva. It's not a vagina because so many doctors still call everything vagina. Uh, yeah, totally. And there's, there's really amazing statistics about people like with children, even like if we're not teaching them the proper names, again, like you just said, you're not able to advocate for your health. And then it also um, is really present in uh, areas of abuse, like, and things like that, where it's like, if you can't tell use words, tell a person what's happening, be it a parent or a peer, like that becomes re and that really harmful. And it's, I guess it's, um, I guess it's a really big deal. Uh, so more than one. I hadn't even thought about the abuse angle of it, but that makes total sense. It sucks. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, you, it'd be nice if we didn't have to think about the abuse angle, but again, the statistics around, you know, abuse and women and young women is so high. So we need to give them every tool and every educational possibility to, to, you know, 
eradicate that from our experiences, even yeah. though it's different. Yeah. Totally. And to even know that what's going on is wrong. Cause I think a lot of women also don't know that they're like, Oh, I, this is how I'm supposed to feel when a man touches me there or. Really? Yeah. yeah. And that's everything, right. Whether it's from our, and, and we talk a lot about this, like everything from pain to pleasure, like vulvovaginal vaginal health, it should be considered, right? Where is the clitoris? What is the difference between a vagina and a vulva? What feels normal for, for me? Like, what does my, what does it mean to have BV and, and know my smell is maybe different because my pH mm-hmm. is off or like, what is white chunky discharge from a yeast infection? And how is that different to my normal discharge from ovulation? All of those pieces. Absolutely. So important. And in women's care and in like healthcare in general for everybody to know. Totally. With that like taboo-ness, do you notice that with like marketers or clients, like how do you how do you broach that topic of breaking past the taboo-ness? Yeah, it's interesting. That's it's it's get it. I do think it is getting easier in the last couple of years, like I would say post 2020 you know, the sexual health and wellness space really exploded. And so we've seen some ability to talk about uh, these issues on the internet a little bit more, but early days, and even still we run into, you know, say some of the platforms we use, be it a Shopify or a ShipBob or like the kind of bureaucratic, what it requires a direct to consumer online business to like use to stay alive. Like we see a lot of pushback there. They're like, oh, well you said the work, the word sex worker 10 times in a blog last year, like you're shut down because you're obviously a porn site or like you're, there was like a quarter inch showing of an areola on like the front page of our website and you're pornographic. So now you're taken down like all of these things. So there's all of these systems in place for that are, I mean, it's just censorship truly. And like, you know, I think they're keeping, they think they're keeping people safe, but when you're a health, you know, to a certain degree, a company that touches healthcare, um, we need to be able to, again, talk about our bodies, show them like, you know, a lot of people don't know you have a butthole, a vaginal opening and a urethral opening. And those are all different places, you know? So I just, that's, that's probably one of my most frustrating pieces is that like, yeah, we can't, we get ads taken down. So like, it's hard for people to find us, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we are not immediately out in the world. And so we're really working on how we, how we can show up in places and create more access. So people know that we exist because the system, you know, be it the patriarchy or the internet would, you know, is hard. They don't, they don't love us as a brand. <laughs> Which sucks. I hate that. I want you guys to do so well. Yeah. And we're working on it. You know what? Like, I think for us, it's just going to have to be slow and steady wins the race. Like if there's one thing, this team is incredibly passionate and we're so, you know, we are looking for every, every space we can to go in and have a conversation. It's, we know like it's a lot of wells that lead to the same river for us. Like whether Mm -hmm. you're talking about your vulva or your vaginal health, or you're talking about dating, or you're talking about queer spaces or t- self-care. I mean, there's so many things that touch what we do that we're just trying to, you know, show up where we can. Absolutely. Um, I've been, so at school, um, in our school clinic, we do have a few of those samples, which is how I like initially heard about you guys. 
book. And um, ever since then, I've been talking you guys up to all the doctors in the clinic and the other students and sharing um, your website and the idea of your products. And the question that I get asked the most is how the salve is beneficial for conditions that are predominantly internal, like a yeast infection or BV. Yeah, well, this is the, the salve especially is, 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 it's hard because it is a topical product, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're still putting the salve on a mucous membrane, which is an highly absorbent part of your body, not very far from, you know, your vaginal canal, right? Mm-hmm. Products are also FDA generally regarded as safe. Like if they enter the body, you're going to be fine. Just as mm-hmm. a legal requirement, we cannot say that the salve can go inside the vagina, which is why we created the suppository. This also gets into the bureaucracy of of legal and products, right? So has all of these incredible, incredible ingredients, they enter the mucous membrane. Um, We've seen a lot of success. We have to tell people that they don't cure, that they soothe symptoms of. And so those are language pieces that are legally required for us. Um, And that's the best I can do to speak to that. And that we tried to create products. Um, The suppository took us five years to make, you know, so that we could address and say things like cure, which is pretty amazing. It's a big deal. You know, that, that product has like a drug facts panel on it, um, which is pretty awesome for us. And so, yeah, I just encourage people to, to, to try it. I tell them that like, you know, the, the mucous, mem- it, these are holistic homeopathic products. The mucous membrane is highly absorbent. You are going to feel immediate relief on the vulva and, you know, you know, put it on the opening of your vaginal canal and, if it doesn't work, we will refund you. We're that confident. <laughs> awesome. And that I feel like that isn't, it's enough. Like when, when you have a terrible yeast infection or BV and you are able to soothe the skin, like that does so much. It is helping. Yeah. So and we have a ton of customers who put the salve on it internally. A ton. I mean, if you go onto our website, there is a ton of anecdotal evidence that that is what people use. We are just unable to make that suggestion ourselves. Um, and again, I think that's a really important piece that you say, like everybody who's had one of these infections or has vulvovaginal discomfort can relate to the fact that like when my vagina feels the best when I don't feel it. And when you apply the stat, you're like, okay, it's cooling, it's working, it stops itching. And like within seconds, if not minutes, I feel immediate relief and I can like put my underwear on and like go about my day. And I don't have to think about, you know, my yeast infection while I'm sitting at work writing about something else, which for me is usually yeast infections, but like, (laughs) you know, it's, that makes all the difference. And so I really do. It's a bit taboo. And now I feel really lucky that we do have these suppository options Mm -hmm. um, to pair with the salve. So you so recommend yeah. um, combining, so doing like suppository and salve, totally. and then um, I know there's some packages. So like there's a hydrosol and something else that I'm forgetting that go along with those. Yeah, yeah, we've got quite a bit. So we have we have four, I guess, topical products. We have a, a body oil that's super beautiful. We have a tonic concentrate that can be for you know, pubic hair removal, whether it's waxing, shaving, or put it in, put directly into the bath. If you have issues around bubble bath, um, it's concentrated. So it kind of goes in and has, again, those antimicrobial benefits, which is really awesome. Uh, we have the salve, which I love, um, again, super multi-purpose. I think everybody should have this in their medicine cabinet. And then the hydrosol, the hydrosol was created specifically, um, for like on the go, we kind of joke that it's better than water. 
Um, I live in New York City and there's not a lot of like showers in like yoga rooms and things like that or yoga studios. So when I strip down off my sweaty clothes, I know my sweaty clothes and like tight underwear and wet spandex, are, they're really triggering for me. So mm-hmm. I would use all over my body, sprayed in my underwear, like face, body, vulva. And it's a water-based product. So you don't have to walk around like hot, sticky, sweaty, and then covered in like an oil. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Nobody likes that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Have, we have our more acute symptomatic products. So we have a probiotic that's clinically trialed for vaginal gut and immune health benefits. We've got mm-hmm. a guy super supplement, which again is probably one of those products that um, we are most excited about because it combines a lot of like historical science and data around like the positive impacts of say cranberry and demonose, but then it's also using newly trialed ingredients like marshmallow root to address some of the other bacterias um, and, and things that like were maybe missing from other products. Cause, cause actually we used to think UTIs were only caused by the E. coli strain, mm-hmm. but actually about 30% of them are not. And so we were really trying to find what is, what is, what can we do for the 30% of that population that is not finding relief, um, by addressing the E. coli strain. So that's something we're really excited about. Of course, the suppository, um, is like, you know, if you're, if you know and love Momotaro, you love the salve, the suppository is a similar ingredient deck, but a little bit more hard hitting. Again, it has that, that drug facts panel on it and you can, uh, you know, pick a little bullet, you can put it up, um, into your vaginal canal. Awesome. Is the probiotic oral or suppository? It's oral. Oral. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Um, yeah. but that sounds really awesome that there's something out there for people who don't have the, have an E. coli UTI, because I mean, I've seen them yeah. people who take, um, your typical antibiotics for just a UTI. And then all of a sudden they're like, Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Give and me then, more. And then you give them another antibiotic and it still doesn't work. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. We need more things out there for people. Yeah. Who don't more the norm. Yeah. Like, and even so the norm, like, you know, I sure I can take an antibiotic, but it doesn't make me feel good. No, you know, makes you feel and, terrible. Yeah. And so what are other things that we can do that are preventative measures? I think that that's really important, especially for people with recurrent infections. We know that like, you you know, before you get a yeast infection or before, like when your BB is starting or like that little tingle in your urethra, you don't have to wait, which is what we've, we've kind of been trained to do is to wait till you're at this full infection point to then seek care. And like, we know in all other aspects of healthcare that you should be mitigating infection, not treating it, right? Preventative care is covered under insurance. And so these products really are lifestyle products that that can prevent these issues. And and I really hope, you know, we'll, we'll move to go into a clinical trial at some point so I can say that, right? And I say that to you because you understand obviously the nuance there. Um, And hopefully one day, like we'll be able to, to make that argument you know, wholeheartedly and not have to point to our ingredient deck as opposed to the product itself. Absolutely. Um, for people with chronic conditions like lichen sclerosis or lichen planus or even relapsing remitting BV and yeast infection, 
I've heard a lot of women say things like, oh, I feel dirty or gross, like having something constantly growing in my vulva or vagina. And I that makes me feel horrible that women feel gross by something in their vagina. Um, but have you heard comments like these? Oh my gosh, I lived it. And yes, of course. I mean, I didn't I didn't want to be the person who like put their vagina on blast and like told the whole world about my raging yeast infection because I was embarrassed. I felt gross. It's like, what is wrong with me? And it took me a lot of time learning and building community to to realize something that actually can just be read on the internet, that these issues are very common. So I always try to encourage people to, you know, look that up. One in three people have BV at any given time. You know, 75% of women get a yeast infection in their lifetime with 40 to 60% of those people getting them recurrently. Like these things are incredibly, incredibly common and, you know, in terms of the, like, something growing, you know, we have microbes all over our body, all every part of our skin, you know, we have these different microbiomes, we need them to help us function and keep a healthy balance, right? And, and I'm sure people are used to hear, hearing about, like, vaginal balance, right? That's generally associated with, again, yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis, but it's, it really is so common and there's there are things that we can do about it and you're not gross it's just it's it, that shame comes from our partners it even comes from our providers sometimes unfortunately and and this is cuz we've i think we've lost a little bit of bedside manner sometimes and i understand you know the medical healthcare system is really challenging and it's fast paced and you know, not every patient gets the time that they'd probably need. And so, you know, this goes back to what you said in terms of advocacy for ourselves and helping, helping each other, right? Talk to your friends, talk to your partners, your peers, your children. Like, you know, if we give power to each other and more empathy, I think it helps in all of those spaces going and knowing what to say to your provider and be like, Hey, look, this, I am having a recurrent infection and what I have been given does not work. What are my other options? Mm -hmm. You know, don't let, you know, I know people have felt judged because they have multiple sexual partners or maybe they've had, um, STIs in the past and, and they feel embarrassed. I'm like, this isn't embarrassing. This is common. Your healthcare provider works for you you know, and so if you don't love your healthcare provider, if you have the ability, and this is a little bit, you know, sometimes this is a privilege, we don't have all have this, find a new one. Even if it's in an office, find a new provider, and that's okay, you know, and, and there's always planned parenthood. Well, that's wow, actually, that's Let's so hope sad. That there's always planned parenthood. I know, my God, I just had to correct myself because that's like not actually a real thing. Um, hopefully, we can continue to fund Planned Parenthoods um, and the government doesn't squash that. Uh, and so, yeah, you have to, it, it does, it, requ it requires some, some taking some ownership of it and, and always come and look to us. We do so much education and we have such a beautiful community that talks about these things and totally normalizes them. Like, I couldn't care less. I mean, I've had to date new people while doing what I do. And they're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I own a company about this. And why do you do that? I'm like, well, because of this. And this is somebody who I'm like intending to have sex with potentially. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Not ideal. But like, I haven't had one person be like, ew, you're disgusting. You know, people go through their own experiences 
that they're self-conscious about. And I think that's like what this, this touches on that's empathy. Like they can really like, Oh my gosh, I have this thing. And you know, yeah. Or like lichen sclerosis, actually I'm doing a talk with the lichen sclerosis network after this, because there's such an amazing community that wanted to create a support network. And like, that's really important. So find your people. They are out there and it is common. I have so many patients tell me things like, oh, I've just been seeing this doctor who I hated for so long. And I just, I didn't know that there were other options out there. And it's like, oh my God, what? Yeah. So many other options out there. Totally. And and think about that, like stress also, and having to go see your doctor if you don't like them, like yeah. and clinically connected to recurrent vulval vaginal candidiasis. Like mm-hmm. don't put yourself in an already stressful situation. Like having to go get your pap smear, not that super comfortable, but like but having to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And you should, you, your provider is there to help you with that process. Totally. So on that, my mom, um, I hope she doesn't get mad at me for sharing this, but <laughs> she has had, um, a lot of trouble with pap smears and pelvic exams. And she told me recently, she was like, it hurts every single time I have to have a pap smear. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, okay, but mom, you're due. Like you have to do it. And also it shouldn't hurt. And you need to find yourself a provider who doesn't hurt you. Like yeah. who, who is willing to take the time to like do a pelvic exam slowly and with a speed speculum. Like you need to have the, to feel comfortable with your doctor to advocate for yourself, to say those things. Yeah. And that's so hard. Yeah. People don't even know that they can ask for like, you know, an alternative. And I think I read something that someone was trying to redesign the speculum. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, oh, you have cool. Yeah. You'll have to share the information. Cause I'm like, yes. Why haven't we redesigned this thing? And why is it terrible? It's terrible. And it's metal. The way it looks, the way the noises it makes before you even put it in a body, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. They're terrifying. Um, Yeah. There's this company. I think it's actually a Portland company. It's called Seek, C-E-E-K. Cool. And they've designed really amazing speculums. That's incredible. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely look into them. BYO speculum. (laughs) (laughs) We'll sanitize it there, but bring it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, tell me about like any new products coming up or any new, um, events that you guys have with Mama Taro. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely in a growth phase, which is pretty exciting. We are bringing on, like I said, we're always in R and D and really excited to bring new products. Um, I tell people this and I like talking about it is because, uh, you know, two of our products, both our probiotic and our UTI supplement were formulated based on customer feedback and requests. People are like, we need something else. And so we always still look for that community support and what people need. So we're developing a few different things that will be in shower products. Um, these are hard products for us to develop because I'm really big on not telling people to wash their vulvas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's necessary. I think often warm, ta- warm water is is more than enough but some people not some a ton of people ask us for this product Mm -hmm. and so we're just trying to think what is something what does that something like that look like for us what is a product that I would I was asking myself what would I burn it down for that I could create that is body safe vulva safe and and I think most importantly for me like makes people know first and foremost that they do not have to wash their vulva but if they do, here is something. And like, you guys can see this, but like, I want it to be like this big. Like, I want mm-hmm. them to realize that's how little you, you know, and I'm, I'm holding up something that's like two inches big. 
because obviously people are listening, but it's small because that's how, that's how little you should wash your vulva. There are very few instances. Maybe it's after penetrative sex and you have a partner that, you know, creates semen in your fluid bonded. Maybe it's lube, maybe it's blood from your period and you just want to do that. That's fine. But like, if we're going to make something, talking about that is going to be really important for me. Um, and yeah, we'll work on with this, the creation of the suppository, we're looking at creating more, um, more products for acute care. What does a vaginal moisturizer look like for a post chemotherapy and radiation patient look like? Mm -hmm. What does a lube look like for us? Lube again is very hard to make based on its category. It's actually a medical device. If you're going to want, if you're going to use a word called lube, not like sex. Yeah. It's actually because it was, uh, it was regulated by during the same time the speculum was made because the speculum has to to use lube to have it be inserted. And so Mm -hmm. it's actually lube is like a big taboo word to use unless you get the proper um, certification. So we're looking at, at making those pieces. And so we're really excited about that. Um, we're really excited. We have a, um, a pop-up happening in Brooklyn, New York, uh, coming up this next week. We'll launch on May 13th and we are really excited about that. We'll be celebrating kind of this pre pride activation. We do a ton of work in the LGBTQ space. I am a queer woman and we're trying to help people understand what you know, consent and consumption look like in these like pride summer partying months, you know, how are we taking care of ourselves and taking care of our community while we're like out and about and getting drunk, maybe if you do drink or, you know, having sex with new partners, if you're dating and like what, how do we do that in ways that are, are ethical and, you know, fun and keep us, keep us safe. So. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. What day did you say that was? We'll launch May 13th is our opening party and we'll have a piercing studio there and we have flash tattoos and yeah, we're doing a bunch of different events with a, with a few different collaborators in network. Um, If you go onto our website and to our social media, you'll be able to find it there, which is um, kind of exciting. So yeah, if you're in Brooklyn, please come find us. Um, it's uh, just in Greenpoint right along the waterfront. So it'll be really fun. Any events in Portland anytime soon? Soon, I hope, to the Portland community. Well, let's find our place. Let's have a sassy speculum soiree. Hell yeah. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Let me know the next time you're in town and we can plan something. Yeah, I love Portland. I I mean, Portland was, my brother lived there for 25 years. It's such a special place that, I mean, it's really where Momotaro Apotheca was born. We're, we still do all of our manufacturing in Portland and warehousing, all of our product compounding, um, as well as a ton of our ingredients come from local, local places in Oregon, which is really oh, awesome. Cool. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, it's been lovely to to talk to you. Um, is there anything else that you want people to know about Momotaro? Yeah, I mean, this is, I think, a really good Momotaro Apotheca 101. And, and you know, find us on our socials. We're Love Momotaro or on our website. I'm sure um, all of this will be linked. And, you know, reach out. We're a small team. We have incredibly personal conversations. I always tell people, we uh the like chat bot on our website is not a bot it is a real person that lives in brooklyn and will answer all your deepest darkest questions if she is able about the products and and everything we really um we really like people to feel excited when they come to us and like they have hope and there will be a resolution for these like very common issues that so many of us have frustrations with so we just are always grateful when people take the time to reach out and 
and we can, you know, learn and grow with them. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. It's been lovely talking to you. Awesome. Thank you, Adrian. Absolutely. And I will um, or reach out if you're ever in Portland. I will most definitely reach out. Portland cool. parties. Let's do it. <laughs> And that's it. Thank you everyone for listening to our chat today. I think that we got into some really pretty important conversations when it comes to the patriarchy, decreasing women's access to care, and just our overall knowledge of how to treat common issues and how we start to break that taboo cycle of talking about our vaginas and our vulvas by just continuing to bring awareness. That is one of my biggest goals with this podcast is to help normalize talking about our bodies so as to reduce the stigma attached when something does go awry. Especially as we were talking about how so many women feel dirty when they're diagnosed with something in their vagina. Or even I remember when I was in high school and during winter break of senior year, I spent a lot of time in the hospital actually because I was having ovarian cysts rupture. And when I came back to school in January, a boy asked me what I did all break. And I felt ashamed that I had something wrong with my reproductive organs and felt like he wouldn't like me or or he would come up with some rumor to tell the whole school about how my lady parts were defunct. We should never, ever feel like we need to hush when talking about our bodies. We should be proud of all the stuff that our bodies can do and all the shit that we put our bodies through that it's able to bounce back from. And we should never feel ashamed if something isn't quite right because all shame leads to is silence and not getting the help that you need. If there is anything that this episode taught you, I hope it's that vulvovaginal concerns are very, very common, and getting repeat yeast infections is unfortunately very, very common, and you are not alone, and you are not dirty. There are ways to heal the body naturally and to work with its natural systems in order to bring about a change. Of course, you just have to be willing to talk about it with someone. So, Momotaro Apotheca products can be found on their website www.momotaroapotheca.com. That's M-O-M-O-T-A-R-O-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A.com. I will also put a link in the, um, whatever they're called, podcast notes, whatever they're called, bio, I don't know what they're called. Anyways, um, Momotaro Apotheca and Lindsay were kind enough to send me a bunch of samples as well. So if you're in the Portland area, let me know and I can get them your way. I can share my own personal experience with one of their products. I would love to try them all, but I just haven't tried them all yet, so I've just tried the one. Um, For the past couple of years, whenever I've gotten a pap done or pelvic exam, I've had doctors tell me that I have bacterial vaginosis, or BV, but that if I didn't have any symptoms, to not worry about it, and I always just took that as them telling me that I didn't have any symptoms. I let doctors tell me how I was feeling in my body instead of me telling them how... I felt. And this is actually a really, really common thing for women. We allow doctors to gaslight us. Well, I was thinking about my body and whatnot a couple weeks ago, and that one annoying problem that I've had for years, but I always just kind of ignored because I just assumed that it was just the way that my body was. It's actually a symptom of BV. I put two and two together, and now that I don't have another doctor influencing my thinking and realizing that I do actually have symptoms of BV, and therefore I should treat it. But I'm trying to avoid taking metronidazole or Fladrol for the rest of my life because that's a beast of an antibiotic that my body does not love. And there's another Adrian goes to the hospital story for you if you ever want it. Um, So I ordered the suppositories from Momotaro. They have um, an entire BV bundle with their famous salve that we talked about today, a tonic, a probiotic, and then the suppositories. But I just purchased the suppositories as I didn't have the raging BV symptoms that can happen with an early infection. 
and I already do take a woman's vaginal flora probiotic. Um, I've been using the suppositories for four days now, and my symptom is gone. It's completely gone. It's been there for years. They're super simple to insert. They smell amazing, and therefore I smell amazing. And they feel really, really good. They're made with organ grape to address bacterial imbalances, coconut oil to hydrate the sensitive vaginal and vulvar tissue, calendula and echinacea for relief from itching, odor discomfort, and irritation, and a bunch of other herbs and homeopathics that are scientifically backed um, for helping with yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis. They are basically a super duper concentrated version of the salve, and they're really amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> um, and I w wasn't paid to say that. Um, I would recommend them to anyone who has irritation down there if they know where it's coming from. Um, that said, if you don't know the cause of your symptoms, please go to a doctor and don't just purchase something online. It is important to diagnose the actual cause of your symptoms before trying to treat something as what if it's not a yeast infection? Um, or if you've never had a yeast infection before, I would recommend going to a doctor to make sure that that is actually what is going on. And you can tell the doctor what you are feeling and don't let them gaslight you. Like, I've been gaslit for years. Um, you can use Sassy Speculum code, all in caps in all one word, for 20% off your order. And order it today at momotaroapotheca.com. I would um, also like to thank um, Margaret Cutler for her contribution to this week's Vagina Rhyme, which is... My vag is an owl. Hoot hoot, motherfuckers. Keeping you up all night. Full feathers, no pluckers. Yep, that's it. Um, all right, that's all, folks. Make sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening and to share it with your friends. Go give me a follow on Instagram if you haven't already at Sassy Speculum and visit my website at sassyspeculum.com. Thanks, y'all, for sticking around. Bye!